your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I wanted to cover a couple of different things. I wanted to talk about the Ehlers incident from last night and what it might mean for the Jets going forward, as it seems like Nick is going to be out for a few games. We'll talk about what the league did with Orlov and whether or not it was warranted. And then I also wanted to talk about Winnipeg's upcoming schedule changes due to the postponed games that were not played a a couple of weeks ago, now getting moved to February. After that, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about how this will likely impact Winnipeg's performance over the next month or so, and what it might mean for the league as a whole. I I think that there's a lot that's complicated with doing all of this kind of stuff, especially in lieu of actually going to the Olympics. First, though, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about Ehlers because his loss is going to be a major impact on this team. Ehlers for this uh, Jets roster does a lot of the transition work, and even when he's struggling, he's still amazingly creative. He still has that lethal passing and excellent vision that's really hard to replace. Um, And of course, his skating and distribution ability under pressure makes him a really valuable asset at all situations. Though, interestingly, he hasn't really been used on the power play all that much recently. In fact, the Jets seemingly have tried to use a lot of the first power play unit more so than the second, which, you know, I I think is in principle okay, but you do need to put out that second unit, give guys like Ehlers and some of the other players um, a chance to perform, and also just give opposing PK units a little bit of a different appearance. Now that Ehlers is set to miss multiple games, though, I I think that that second power play unit's actually not going to get much time at all. It's really hard to imagine who would take his place because the second unit really wasn't all that stacked to begin with. Honestly, I think the Jets should probably work on balancing a little bit more. I feel like the first unit is very good. It's a little top-heavy, though, and on the second unit, they just don't really have like a lot of elite finishing talent. Uh, they do have some okay passers and stuff, but overall, I feel like that unit needs more of a boost, which I, I think, in theory, Perfetti was supposed to bring, but if he's not really getting out on the ice on the power play to begin with, it's kind of hard to see the benefits. I would also think about putting Veselainen out there. I know that, you know, his performance over the past couple of weeks maybe doesn't jump off the page for most people, but anyone who has seen him in either Liga or in the AHL, we all know that his shooting is one of his best traits, um, which is really puzzling that the Jets haven't made a lot of use of it. But, you know, in lieu of having Ehlers in the lineup, I think Veselainen would be your best option um, as as a power play shooter. I don't really know that there's anyone else who can really fill that role, to be honest. And Ehlers was so good at creating space and stuff. Veselainen would have a hard time replacing that level of impact, but I think he can do the job capably, um, certainly more so than some of the other guys. 
I mean, your other option is Evgeny Zvechnikov, which I'd also be very okay with. I really feel like you couldn't go wrong either with Zvechnikov or Veselainen. As far as Ehlers is concerned, though, they're going to do some evaluations and testing to see where his knees are at and, and what his health looks like. Um, I know that he did come out on the bench and was yelling at the refs, but then he had to be helped down the tunnel again, so it's not a really great situation with him. Ehlers has been injured the past couple of seasons for usually pretty brief spells. Uh, this time, though, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. At least a handful of games, just as Paul Stastny and Blake Wheeler are likely returning to the lineup pretty soon. Unfortunately, though, none of these guys are really going to bring the impact that Ehlers did, which it's going to remain to be seen how this, you know, uh, really affects the Jets. Ehlers hasn't quite had the excellence of his past few seasons. He's still very good, right? And usually that tends to bear itself out. But, you know, compared to previous years where he was one of the catalysts, I feel like it's not been as much of the case this season, which he doesn't really have to be the only guy. And in fact, it's better that he's not. Uh, that said, I, I still think his absence is going to be pretty noticeable. More so at even strength than anything else. You know, it'd just be really great to have a couple of guys come back so that at least the Jets have more warm bodies. You know, we're looking at a team that right now is very thin on forward depth. And I feel like even with Perfetti, who I thought was going to be a, a major difference maker in this lineup, to be honest, because they've had so many injuries and stuff, it really hasn't had the level of impact that I think some folks were expecting. It's not like Perfetti is joining an already stacked roster. It's more like he's filling in for somebody else who's gone down for at least a couple of games. So it's a bit tumultuous for the Jets. And, you know, with the loss of Ehlers, it's only going to get harder from here. As far as what happened with Orlov and everything, he actually has been suspended two games, which is pretty much in line with how the uh, the Dops has ruled in previous kneeing incidents this year. At least some level of consistency is nice to see. Do I think it was warranted? Yeah. I think in a similar situation to what happened with Pionk earlier this year, I, I don't think it was entirely intentional. But, you know, all that said, Orlov to me didn't really avert his knee, which is a little bit different than Pionk. And, you know, given the follow through and the other rulings that they've given out, it feels like it was actually a little bit less harsh than you could argue for. I don't know if I would have given Dimitri like three or four games, but, you know, there is a case there that his hit was significantly worse than some of the other knee-on-knee -knee incidents we've had this year. All that said, Orlov isn't really a repeat offender, and I feel like two games is, is fair enough. Uh, it does suck that Ehlers is going to be missing for probably more than two games, but, you know, the Jets are just going to have to make do, and it's got to be a next-man-up mentality. It's going to be that way throughout the rest of the season, especially because... Uh, next month, the Jets' schedule is going to change pretty drastically, and I'll talk to you a little bit about why and what this might mean for the rest of the season in just a little bit. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about Built Bar and why it's the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? 
Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are checking in now on Winnipeg's upcoming schedule, which it's going to be pretty difficult for the Jets to make it through the next few weeks, I got to be honest. Uh, Because of the postponements that they've had all across the league, it's not just the Jets, but, you know, Winnipeg has had a decent number of games impacted by all of this. And as a result, nine games have been rescheduled, and all of them are basically going to happen over the span of the the Winter Olympics that, you know, the NHL is not going to. Between February 8th and February 21st, the Jets are going to be playing eight more games, which is very interesting. I'm not entirely sure if these games replace games that might have already been scheduled, or if they're in addition to what the Jets were originally planning to go through, uh, you know, throughout the month of February, but... It looks pretty busy. What this also kind of means is that the Jets have basically already had their Winter Olympics break because they only played a couple of games for like two weeks, and now they're going to have a very full slate once this month ends. I think this is going to be pretty hard on the Jets, even though a lot of these games are going to be at home. And, you know, the reason for this is the Jets are already kind of running a little bit thin on the roster end. You know, while they will have had additional rest, maybe a bit more than some other teams, and they should be coming into the slate of the schedule relatively fresh, I would say, it's still pretty difficult to go through, what, eight games in the span of like two and a half weeks or so? I mean, you know, for any team, that is pretty nuts. Um, And there's quite a few back-to-backs in here, so... The Jets are not really going to have many days off, which, you know, some might suggest they've already had plenty of time off, but, you know, health and recovery doesn't really work in a linear pattern, so I don't know what this is going to mean for the Jets, especially if they start accruing any injuries. COVID is also still an issue. I know that they're not testing asymptomatic guys, but who knows exactly how this protocol is going to pan out, especially because the Jets will have to cross the border occasionally for some of the U.S. games. The final game is going to be on March 24th, this one being against Ottawa. It'll be the last of the postponed games, which is kind of funny that it's happening almost a month later, but I imagine, you know, Winnipeg's schedule after uh, the Olympic period is going to be busy as it is, and they probably could not find a way to squeeze in one extra game. So, you know, I, I, I see a lot of potential issues for the Jets. I think this is a team that it's been a weird year. You know, you've lost Paul Maurice, you've had Wheeler, Shifley, Ehlers, um, and and plenty of other guys either have small injuries, larger injuries, missed time due to COVID. It's just been a mess, right? And the league hasn't really done a great job. And so this concept of then shoving all of the games that they've missed into like a two-week period, it really doesn't feel that well executed of a plan. It's mostly a, hey, we're losing revenue. We need to do something as quickly as possible. Let's just throw this together and see what happens. My general sentiment is the players are not going to be pleased with this. Um, it probably does mean that the World Cup of Hockey is is maybe not going to be a thing for at least a, another several months. I can't imagine it was going to happen anytime soon anyways, but if it were to be organized, I'm sure it's going to be 
after the Stanley Cup. Maybe it serves as some kind of like, I don't know, like an exhibition tournament in between the uh, the regular season and the next regular season. So we'll see what happens. I don't know how the Jets are going to handle this. It's, again, a bit of a scheduling mess, and I feel like the league kind of put all of the onus on the players. I can't imagine that they're thrilled with this. You know, amidst all of the schedule disruptions and stuff already, now they're going to have to compress a lot of their playing time into a very constricted time schedule. And, you know, not as many other teams have really faced this. This stuff has really impacted most of the Canadian teams, but I don't know how much it's really an issue league-wide. You know, a lot of the U.S.-based teams probably haven't had as many postponements. And I think the larger question is, how does this affect the standings? You know, the Islanders kind of got screwed earlier this year in basically icing half of an AHL lineup for a couple of weeks before any of their games ever got postponed. And yet, they, you know, they, they had to find themselves at the bottom of the Metro for a bit, and they've tried to claw themselves out of it, but, you know, continuing COVID issues, injuries, a general lack of depth, and that really bad start that they had, it hasn't really been uh, a, a climb that they've been able to make. And so, I'm thinking about these other teams that are going to have to make up all these games, and is the quality of their hockey really going to be on the level of what we're expecting from them if they were just to have a regular schedule? I don't know. Maybe some of them will actually come out of this looking even better than expected, but my guess is that additional wear and fatigue is actually going to be a lot more injury-riddled, and it's going to make the quality of the hockey significantly worse, and all of these teams are going to have to kind of suck it up and deal with it and unfortunately be dealt a bit of a crappy hand. You know, the league didn't really take necessary precautions. Now, instead of postponing the season and keeping everyone at the same pace, they're going to have all of this weird sort of staggered stuff. So I'm not really feeling great about it. And I think for the Jets, it's going to be very difficult for them, especially because this team is still, uh, you know, a work in progress and very much in transition. I have a lot of mixed feelings about it, and I'm I'm not super happy with the resolution the league has has uh, undertaken. I think the stuff and, and the decisions that they've made in regards to their testing protocols, uh, the scheduling changes, everything surrounding this whole situation, it just doesn't make me happy. In just a little bit, I'll talk about what I could see the Jets trying to do to navigate around this. I think this is going to be a significant obstacle for them to get through uh, at least the next couple of weeks. And it could open up some opportunities for some guys from the farm. Or, you know, maybe this is going to be a time when all of the injuries and the mediocre performances kind of catch up to Winnipeg and they fall a bit behind and maybe need to start thinking about ultimately whether this season is one they want to push for or not. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.ag and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs during this busy holiday season. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Not into football? No problem, because BetOnline has you covered for all of the other sports action you could possibly want. It should be your number one destination for all your online betting needs. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, 
don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Whether you want to place some bets on a Baltimore Ravens game, or you're more interested in who might be your standout scorer from the next Winnipeg Jets outing, BetOnline should be the only place you place your online bets on that next hotly anticipated game. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so don't hesitate to sign up today for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on what I feel like the Jets should maybe think about doing over the next couple of weeks. So I know that they have had a lot of rest, and, you know, they've only played a couple of games throughout January, but February, it's going to be a totally different story. Very busy month, a lot of games compressed into a couple of weeks, and while they would have had that time off um, that they basically have already had off already, I still have a hard time imagining this not being very physically draining on the guys. And, you know, with a very young lineup and stuff, I feel like this would be a good time for the Jets to start rotating. I know that this is not something that they love to do. And in the past, Maurice has really been, you know, a bit against this idea. But now that you have a taxi squad, you have a lot of young prospects who could probably make an NHL impact of some sort. And honestly, the Jets kind of need to look at these guys anyways and see which of them might be you know, primed for this year or next, this would be a good time to start messing around and seeing um, if you can get some guys in, especially some players who maybe haven't had their NHL debuts yet and might be a little bit more on the outs, getting them a game or two and seeing what you have in them. You know, I, I really feel like there's no harm in giving some of your normal starters a bit of a rest, especially if you're playing at home and it's not like it's a particularly difficult travel arrangement to get them from one end of the rink to the other. Also, it would just be nice to give some of the guys who are really grinding with the moose maybe a game or two, um, something where they can get a nice little NHL payday for a short bit. I know the Jets probably won't do this. Uh, you know, I think that they are going to stick with their starting lineup as much as humanly possible. But this would be a decent time to get a sense of, like, is Jonathan Kovacevic an NHL defender? You know, we've seen Chisholm, and he looks like he will be pretty darn good at being an offensively-minded um, we've got Dylan Sandbergen, who looks like a, a really solid two-way blue liner, probably second or third pairing. Gavanki might still be a bit of a work in progress, hard to say, uh, but Kovacevic is probably the one that I would say is most likely to be an NHL-ready player in terms of uh, his age, his pro-level experience, and honestly, if he's not really ready he's probably not going to be an NHLer after that. I think this is the ideal situation where you could give him a game or two, see how he performs. Um, and honestly, this is really important for the Jets as they approach the trade deadline because they have a lot of moving parts. And, you know, with the cap space being a little bit limited, the Jets probably needing to shed some salary and maybe think about how exactly they want to structure the back half of the season I, I don't think that there's any harm in maybe giving some guys you wouldn't ordinarily look at a shot, especially if the starting lineup is going to be playing a ton and have an extremely compressed schedule. That most of the games are going to be at home is a real boon for the Jets since, you know, the Moose also play in the same building. The only uh, challenge would be as if, you know, in light of the scheduling, I'm sure the Moose are probably not going to be as uh, close to the arena as they usually would be. They might be on the road a bit during that time if they're actually playing. I don't know if they have any schedule adjustments um, for the Olympics or not, but assuming they're still playing, you know, if the Jets could find a way to maybe call up and send down a guy pretty easily from the taxi squad, maybe things would actually work out. 
I don't know. I, I feel like rotation would be really good for the Jets, uh, you know, and maybe get some prospects in. We've already seen the benefits that Sandberg and Perfetti have brought to this lineup. You know, Cole scored his first goal last night, which was fantastic to watch. Really wish I could have seen it in person. Um, but, you know, a lot of these other guys, we have quite a few unknowns. Reichel's getting more regular time, um, and, and certainly Sandberg seems like he could be around. Chisholm has played a game. Give Kovacevic a shot. I think he would be an interesting option. Maybe Berdeen gets a, a game in net for the Jets. I probably wouldn't go that route. Uh, Eric Comrie will probably be the guy who gets the nod. But there are legitimate options, and I think this is the perfect time for the Jets to assess, you know, do they want to start selling some players who maybe don't fit the plan long term? If you can run a little bit cheaper and have a lot more prospects who are actually NHL caliber running stuff on your roster, it gives you freedom to work on some of your longer term deals and maybe look for some other assets at the deadline. I'd be curious to know what you want the Jets to do, especially with this very busy schedule upcoming. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Let me know if you agree, disagree, or just want to do something totally different, maybe something very unexpected. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. On tomorrow night's episode, we are going to have some thoughts on Winnipeg versus Nashville and see how the Jets take on one of their oldest Central Division rivals. That's all for tonight, though. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!